I see me. And good morning. Hey, that's a good good morning. And good morning to all of our friends out on Zoom this morning. Yes. Good morning. Uh, we are having a little bit of audio issue from this end. Byron is um, kind of working. He's, he's, got, he's implementing a workaround. So <laughs> that <will be> temporary. <laughs> it's a sound card issue. So hopefully we will be able to get to it. We have a short session this morning. Hopefully we'll be able to get that resolved for the afternoon session. All of that. Okay. Uh, hope everybody had a good time at the auction last night. I want to. We need to thank our newest ICB affiliate, the Illinois Rail Revival League, for paying for us our snacks last night. I also wanted to mention to you all that I did receive a text message from Rachel this morning. Uh, she uh, she just wanted to say thank you to everyone who is stepping up to encourage. Know, keep things together and keep things rolling. Uh, so I uh, just wanted to let you all know that we have heard from her. She is still planning to try and drop in when she if she can, but she certainly needs to be where she is right now. We said yesterday, and so that is good. All right, we have a great speaker on tap for us this morning. Somebody that um, I get to work with quite a bit, uh, thanks to being on the ACP board. Somebody who has um, really, in the last five years since he was first elected as treasurer, really think shepherd us through some changes in the way that uh, reports uh, things to the board. And I think it really has shown us uh, some real good ideas of not only where our money comes from, but kind of how it's how it goes and how it's allocated to all of ACB's programs and services. For our ACB update this morning. It gives me great pleasure to introduce my good friend and uh, the treasurer of the American Council of the Blind from the great state of Alabama, coming to us via Zoom, Mr. David Trotz. Good morning, ICB. It's great to be with you this morning. First of all, I want to start out on a sad note and, and say that uh, Rhonda and I do offer our condolences to Rachel. We've been there, and it's really a tough go if you've not been through it. It's always difficult to lose a parent, so our thoughts are with her. I came to you kind of in a roundabout way. Rachel and I had the discussion in 2019 that I would be live with you in 2020, and uh, as we all know, that didn't happen. But uh, I want to talk to you about a few things this morning before I get into an ACB update. Rachel had heard a talk I give before. I want to talk to you about why not leadership and ACB in the 21st century. And the reason I've combined those topics is because they kind of work together. Anybody that wants to be a leader can be. You have to look at the level of leadership you want to take on, and you owe it to something that you believe in to give your best. you got to remember, though, that as a leader, nobody is an island. You can't do it alone. It takes everybody to work together to bring you to a great event, whether it's a dine out, maybe you're having a bingo night, whatever. Somebody has to take a leadership role. So when you look at leadership, don't just look at the David Trotts and Ray Campbells. Look at everybody. Look at their ability and what they do for you to let you uh, do the things that you not only want to do, 
but that you have the ability to do. First of all, you don't want any self-doubt. You're good. All of you are. And to bring that leadership out, the leadership of the group should meet everybody. They should come up. You've got old Quiet Bob that's always in the back and he never says anything, right? Well, let me tell you, Quiet Bob has a lot of ideas. He might not know how to share them. And he'll never be able to know how to share them if you don't sit down with, with him and have a conversation. Get his opinions. Because as an effective leader, it's not how you talk to people. It's how you listen to people. I can get elected to a position. And if I don't get your feedback, I might not take whatever thing that we're leading in the right direction. Because ultimately, what it boils down to is, especially in ACB and ICB, this is your organization. We're a membership organization. And we need to realize that it's not me, it's not Ray, it's not Dan, it's everybody. And if we work together, then we do a great job. If we don't, then it's poor. The other thing you need to look at as a leader is not to let negative outside things control your life. And how I developed my views on that, I got my views from a guy named Zig Ziglar, who was a motivational speaker. Never met him, but I always liked motivational speakers because they tend to offer a lot of advice. And in the different roles that I took in business, then later on in services for Alabama Industries for the Blind, I knew that, that I needed to be motivated to do the best job I could. And, you know, when I talked about uh, watch for negative outside influences. I'm going to tell you a story that Zig Ziglar told. And I re it really has changed my life because I take it seriously. There was a guy who got in his car one morning. He was extremely happy. He was going to work. He has a great job. On the way to work, a guy ran the red light in front of him. He had to slam on the brakes. He got mad. He went, hammered his steering wheel, you know, just raised all kind of cane with the guy. Then he goes to pick his coffee up at the local coffee shop. He's still raising cane about this guy that pulled out in front of him. Well, he gets to work that day. Everybody he sees, he tells, oh, this man ran the red light. He got in front of me. He caused me to do this. And then we go on. He gets home that night for dinner with his wife and he tells her. Now, I'll tell you this story to tell you that the guy who ran the red light controlled this guy's life for a whole day he never mm -hmm. met. So you always have to look for the negative influences in your life and not let them. And I learned that. And it's really been a benefit to me. Now, let's say that you want to get involved in leadership in ACB at a national level. One good way to start is through the Leadership Institute, the Burl College Leadership Institute. Uh, for those of you that don't know Burl, Burl was, was a leader. He was a board member. Uh, he was the president of the Washington State Council of the Blind for many years. He was the tour coordinator for ACB. Always, he was a quiet guy, but he was always leading uh, in his quiet way. The Leadership Institute was one of the things he believed in because he believed that everybody had, should have the opportunity to get some kind of training. It's important that you have this capability or, or opportunity, I guess I should say, to be a part of the Burl Collie Institute. And to do that, you can contact Donna Brown, who is on the ACB board. And she's currently taking the lead role with the uh, 
Brocoli Leadership Institute. And I don't know when they're having another get together and start a new program. Let's talk about leaders at all levels. This was put into place by the National Industries for the Blind. We need to think about home states a lot, and I do. But it was the National Industries for the Blind. And they put this together because they believed that blind production workers should be exposed to what it takes to be a leader. And they believe that the same as as we do in ACB and the way I've talked to you today, that at all levels of an organization, there are leaders. There are leaders, for example, in an industry environment. There are line leaders. There are team leaders. There are project leaders. In ACB or ICB, you might be a committee chair or, you, you know, you might be an event organizer. Then again, you might actually want to be an officer. And it doesn't matter which one you pick. It's what you really are enthusiastic about doing. Because if you're not enthusiastic about it, you're not going to do a good job. But you've got groups, you've got committees, you've got officers, uh, you've got officers at the, at the uh, state, local, national level. And the one thing you need to do before you become an officer is do a self-evaluation and be critical. Don't let the ego get involved. You know, oh, ego is a, is a bad thing. We all think how good we do on things. So we'll let ego get involved sometime. And if you look at yourself in that Braille mirror critically, then you can get a better idea of what you really can do. Um, also show respect for the position. You know, your actions, your dress, how you appear on a video, and you've got to earn the trust of the people that you're leading. Admit your mistakes and move forward. Assumptions are dangerous. I assume people can do certain things and sometimes they can't. So it's better to communicate. Communications is so important. And as I said earlier, listen, listening is, uh, really a, a big part of being an effective leader. Forward learning. Uh, I know that myself and I know Ray Campbell well enough to know that Ray and I are forward learners. We learn from people. We learn from events. And we're not going to get stagnant. We're always going to try to learn something new. And the reason for that is if you get stagnant, you lose your effectiveness as a leader. I want to talk to you a little bit about the resource <laughs> development committee, Brenda Dillon and me, as to give you an idea of, of recognizing leadership. Brenda Dillon was a vice president of the American Council of the Blind. But before that ever happened, President Chris Gray, who I'll talk about in a few minutes, asked me to take the role as leader of the resource and development committee. And the second year I was on, I got a new member who actually Brenda and I went to school with, even though she lived in a different state, Brenda Dillon. And Brenda brought several things to the RDC. And as the leader of the RDC, I saw her excitement and enthusiasm. And, and, you know, I said, hey, we don't know that this will work, but you go and try it. You put together your group and bring it back to the committee. We'll take it to the board. And we did that. We put in place two things that you're familiar with today. That's the auction that you have in the summer and the winter. and the Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. And those things have literally, since she put them in play, I would guess over the years has raised over half a million dollars, well over. 
and they're continuing to raise money each year. The other thing that she brought in to ACB is the sponsorships for the national convention. And I'll talk to you a little bit about that, and you'll understand the importance later on when I talk to you about this year in ACB. Leadership style. Okay, let's talk about leadership style. And this is where I'm going to kind of go into a little of the history of the 21st century. We came into the 21st century. We've had five presidents and three executive directors. Our first president of the century was Paul Edwards. Now, Paul had a great leadership style, but he was also very knowledgeable of electronics and computers, which were still fairly new to some of us at the time even though they'd been around for 10 or 15 years in the home. I know my first one, you could buy a car for what I paid for it. But anyway, Paul brought us into the 21st century with more communications and a little thing called ACB radio, along with a guy named Jonathan Mosen. They brought us to life with a program called Main Menu. Main Menu became the most popular show in that day on ACB radio. At that time, the ACBES, which is our thrift store program, which is our business side of ACB. So it's actually a separate organization owned by ACB. ACBES, at that time, we had 15 thrift stores, and we were raising about a million dollars a year for ACB. Unfortunately, due to changes in places in the marketability of our stores, such as Detroit, when the auto industry started going down, we started losing stores or the neighborhoods would change. We'd lose stores. So we got down to two stores. And I'll get to how ACBES is coming back when I get to that point. But uh, I don't want to leave you hanging. So we're going to go to our next president, Chris Gray. Now, Chris, Chris had, like I said, the idea that he saw the loss of the thrift store money He knew that we needed to come up with ways to replace it. So he really pushed the Resource Development Committee to bring in projects. We brought in the mail-out project. That's to the public. Most of you don't see it. You might have seen the the Christmas mail-out because we did do that to members. We had a telemarketing program at that time, which by now is, of course, gone. One of the weird things we had in Alaska, we had an an ATM machine that we made money off of. But this wasn't enough. And we started bringing, you know, the auction and the walk and the convention sponsorships. So these things help bring ACB further along. But if you believe the adage that 70% of blind people are either unemployed or underemployed, we also knew that this couldn't sustain us for very long because people just simply wanted to do, but they couldn't do. We kept looking for other ways to to make money outside of the organization. Then we got President Mitch Pomeranz. Mitch brought a new word in the English language, but it was a new thought process. Everybody was colleague. Mitch believed that the board and the leadership of this organization should look at each other as colleagues and that, that they worked together They had dinner together. They did a lot of things together. Another wish that Mitch had was to have an advisory board. And this advisory board would be made up of outside professionals who didn't have the blindness background, 
but they had the background of their profession. And he kind of got that going, but it never really got going to his satisfaction at that point. He also made us more active in the world blind. Mitch's presidency, well, all these guys' presidencies was a great one. And, and bear in mind, I'm not touching on it because I'm, I'm thinking it's a foredrawn conclusion. Advocacy was foremost in everybody's mind at this time. You know, that's the bread and butter of ACB. That's what we do. Along during Mitch and Chris's administration, a guy named Brian Charlson was on the board with me. And we were sitting in Louisville, Kentucky in 2005. And Brian said, uh, we had a problem with either window eyes or jaws not being able to work with some of the main software from Microsoft. And he said, you know, David, it would be great that we go to these guys and tell them what we need, but they came and sat down at the table and asked what we needed and we could build a relationship together. Well, I'm proud to tell you that this is going on today. It didn't happen in 2005 when Brian and I were talking about it and we were dreaming. Now we're actually living the dream. You'll hear that we have sponsorships from a lot of these people and we'll be getting, you know, some from others. The money is important, but the ability to sit down with a Microsoft, an Apple, an Amazon, they touch all of our lives now. And that has come about through a lot of the leadership work during our first woman president, Kim Charlson. Kim brought us more into the World Blind Union. Mitch was an officer in the World Blind Union for quite a while as past president. And she really put some emphasis on the audio description project. And that has continued to grow today. Uh, 100% of CBS's primetime programs will be aired in audio description. This is great. It's an, it's an accomplishment. But what's really an accomplishment is people like Apple TV, Netflix, and these people are coming to us for advice on how to do this. When Apple came out with the program C, they came to us for advice on how blind people lived, how they intercommunicated, because the idea of this program was that after some disaster, everybody was blind. So they came to the experts, and they're considering ACB the experts. This is, this is a great accomplishment for ACB. It's a great accomplishment for anybody in the blindness movement, because we need the things that we need, and we need sighted people to buy in. They got where they bought into it, and it's really a great thing. It probably doesn't make any money for ACB as a profit, but it's one of the advocacies that we do that we put not only our time, and we put a lot of time and money into. We have the Audio Description Institute, where people are trained to be audio describers. Dr. Joel Snyder's been on board with us for that for, oh man, many years, 17, 18 years, you know. So these things didn't happen overnight. Then we came up with this guy that we elected president, Dan Spoon. Now, Dan was a project manager for Siemens, and he brought that management style into ACB. What it's done, he, he's got us separated into nine areas of programs and services that ACB provides. And it's really brought things to a more manageable situation. You know, Charlie Crawford and, and Paul came in when Charlie Crawford was uh, executive director. They worked very well together managing the ACBES and bringing ACB radio in. 
Melanie was hired uh, when uh, Chris was president. And Melanie had an advocacy style that was unbelievable. She really believed in advocacy. My favorite Melanie story is that Melanie wanted the Marrakesh Treaty, which, if you're not familiar with that, it's to share books with other countries through the blindness programs like Bookshare and uh, NLS and things like that. So the Marrakesh Treaty was important to blind people because it not only gave us the ability to share our books with people who are less fortunate, it also gave you the capability, if you were taking a French course, for example, that you could get a book in French from France and know the difference in style and culture. Dan also suffered one of the worst problems that ACB's ever faced, that probably the world has ever faced in COVID-19. But you know, it was a great opportunity for ACB to grow. We had been discussing for years how if you couldn't afford to come to a convention, how could you vote for your leadership? How could you vote for the direction ACB was going? And it came about through the conventions, the first convention, you couldn't vote. We constitutionally couldn't do it. We found a way during the second convention to do that. And now we've opened that door and we're never going to look back. Everybody is equal in ACB. Everybody has the opportunity to vote. They have an opportunity to participate. You will have your first hybrid convention this year to give you the opportunity to uh, participate in the uh, convention itself and the goings on of the convention. So I'm going to change tracks now. I hope this has been helpful. I hope I didn't bore some of you too much. But remember, if you're a member in a local affiliate, if you're new and you've never done anything, start to work on your leadership skills now because we need leaders in ACP. Uh, if ACB is to grow, we got to grow our leadership. So you look at, at your outgoing president. Rachel's already began committee work at the national level. You've got Ray Campbell, who's been an officer and a board member of ACB for many years, like I have. Karen Campbell, who is a recognized leader in the blind deaf movement. You know, so you, you've got leaders and you've got examples. It's a great opportunity for you to look and listen and learn and give your advice. There's no leader worth his salt that don't want to listen to what you have to say. We might not agree with it, but we owe you at least the open to listen and discuss with you our views. Let's talk about ACB today. A lot of great things going on in ACB today. We looked at the leadership list and we looked at the way the membership wanted to go. And the board was split in the same way we voted not to sign on to the letter that would try to extend the mass mandate. The majority of the members we heard from didn't want it, and the majority of your board members, along with the advocacy committee. We looked at that. National Institute of Health, we're sitting down with them to talk about accessible COVID tests. And, of course, there's people who believe COVID is about over. They say it'll be with us for years. But being able to access that COVID test in itself is probably not the most important advocacy in the world until you look at it at its value if we can get these made accessible it will make it far easier to get other home tests medications and that kind of thing 
more accessible so you can have access to it and not be submitted to the dangers of inaccuracy and not being able to do it or having to be dependent on someone else. Now, let me talk to you a little bit more about ACB going on first. We have a legacy endowment. That means that we are putting money away, mostly from bequests that we get, to make sure ACB is physically responsible and has a future. We started that fund out with zero, of course, probably two years ago. It's close to $2 million today. ACB's net worth with our scholarship endowment, with our board reserve, and the board reserve is how we pay for the operations of ACB from day to day. Right now, we have to have enough money in that board reserve to cover ACB's expenses for a year. Uh, Within the next one to two years, it will go up to where we have to have enough money in there to cover ACB's expenses for two years. So we are looking to the future, not just what we'd like to see today. We have an excellent staff. That staff costs a good bit of money. But look at the things that's happened with ACB through the pandemic. At the time of the, they'll kill me for saying mid-year leadership conference, we had over 5,000 community calls. And of course, it's grown since then. So we're looking at things in ACB that benefits everybody. No, I might not want to get on a crafter's call, but you might. If you're Jewish, we have the Jewish hour. We, we have so many different opportunities. Paul Edwards' Tuesday topics is always a popular thing to go to every week. And I may be preaching to the choir on a lot of this. Unfortunately, not being there is a disadvantage to me because I haven't got to meet a lot of you. And so I don't know about your knowledge of what's going on in ACB. I'm trying not to bore you to tears. (laughs) We're coming up now with the first ever hybrid convention. You'll be able to attend in person. You'll be able to attend by Zoom, by phone, looking at it through YouTube. There'll just be so many ways you can participate. If you're a member as of, I want to say the last day is June 15th, but don't quote me on that. You will be able to vote at the ACB convention. I urge you to join your Illinois chapter if you're heading, if you're a guest today and you want to take part. But if you have, you can take part there. Or if you choose not to belong to an affiliate, you can also be a member at large. It just costs you a little more money than it would if you joined through your chapter. The good thing about a hybrid convention is that we're going to reach so many more people that it's going to help with our sponsorship. It's easy if you're looking at talking to 600, 700, uh, 100 people to 1,000 each year. But it's better if you know you can reach ever how many thousands you can reach through ACB Radio. Oops, excuse me. I know Jeff Bishop is here. That's ACB Media. That's another evalu- evolution this century of ACB Radio is now gone from one or two channels to 10 on ACB media, along with the many different ways we've added you can connect. So that's, you know, another thing that came through us. It was being worked on earlier, but it really came to fruition during the pandemic. So when you look at the pandemic, it's really been heartbreaking and beneficial at the same time. ACB's whole net worth right now is a little bit in excess of $5 million. And I thank you for that because 
I can tell you from being on the board, there was a time that we really suffered and we're really doing well. But now bear in mind too, when we ask you for money, yes, we've got 5 million, but it takes a million plus dollars per year, close to 2 million to run ACB. So when we're out there and, and we want you to take part in things, one of the best ways you can help your affiliate and your national organization, and one of the cheapest ways is MMS, the Monthly Monetary Support. Yes. And you can do that for as low as $10 a month, and you can even have five of that come back to your affiliate. So it's a good way to raise money that doesn't break the bank for anybody. Another way to help your affiliate this year is the ACB Walk. I'm sure that you have a walk team coming up and y'all will talk about that. So I won't get real heavy into it. That walk raises somewhere between ninety and $100,000 a year. It's a good opportunity for you to get your friends involved and also introduce ACB, the American Council of the Blind, to people. So the walk side is up, working. I know Giles users had some issues last year. We had an expert look at it and we've got a lot of those fixed. If you find problems, please let us know because that's the only way that we can make it better. Now let's talk about one of the things that's near and dear to your heart. And that's our national convention, which will take place in Omaha, Nebraska. But it's not a convention this year. It's a marathon, folks. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to start out on June 18th with the ACB auction. It will be totally virtual. And we're doing that again so that everybody has the opportunity to participate. It would be just about impossible as big as that auction is to make it happen. So we chose to go virtual and we chose to kick off the convention with it. Uh, again, that date is June 18th and Leslie would kill me if I didn't tell you she wants you to be there. <laughs> Leslie's done a great job with that auction. Last year, the two auctions for ACB raised over $65,000. So we hope we can continue that kind of thing again this year, because uh, bear in mind that if you're looking at an excess of $1.5 million budget, $60,000 is important toward reaching that goal. And we raised a lot of money outside of ACB. Only about 17% of our budget is covered by our membership because we don't want to put the strain on everybody that it would take to run ACB. And we certainly wouldn't be able to offer the services that we offer today. The next step will be the virtual meetings that will run the 23rd through the 25th. And they will be, a lot of those will be special interest affiliates, presidents meeting, different things like that. I think that you might hear some of the, uh, resolutions early during that time. It's just going to be a great opportunity to participate with some of the things and pull it away from the actual convention. This will give us more time to bring you programming and give you time to vote. Now, the convention itself will start with the board meeting. My wife is sitting here, so she'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's Friday, July 1st. Also, I would be remiss since she is your tour coordinator, to tell you that tours will also start on Friday, July 1st. And I'll talk about a few of them here in just a minute. During the week, of course, your exhibits will open on Saturday. 
and they will run through Wednesday. The meetings themselves will kick off Saturday night, and then they will run in the mornings through Thursday, unless there's a delay. We don't look to have any meetings on Friday. Thursday will be all day meetings. Everything else will end around lunch. Then you will go home and you'll have three or four days of voting. You'll vote for your officers, well, actually it's board members and board of publications, resolutions, and constitutional amendments. So this will stretch it on out into the Tuesday after we get back from Omaha, which I think is the 12th. You know, we're looking forward to a great convention. Some of the tours, I don't know if any of you ever saw the movie Boys Town. It was a story about a guy named Father Flanagan. Anyway, we're going to have the Boys Town tour. You will have an opportunity to buy the video. You won't get, uh, unfortunately, Father Flanagan has passed away. He did a, a great job in that area for the youth of the, that area that needed assistance. We're going to have some city tours with a twist this year. Uh, you're going to have four, I think it is, and you're going to go on Ali the Truck. So it'll be a different way to get out and, and tour the city of Omaha and uh, get around and, and see what's there, get a little history. History is always good if you like me. I love history. Our services tour this year, will be with Outlook, Nebraska. They're a very big center. They have not only the adult rehabilitation area there, but they also have ministries for the blind type workshop in that area. It's, it's recognized wide by NIB associated people. They really have a lot of respect for them. And uh, that'll be a great tour. The San Diego Zoo and the Omaha Zoo switch out first and second place ever so often. They're considered the top two zoos in the country. You'll have the opportunity to visit the Omaha Zoo while you're there. And for those of you who like to lift a, a glass of beer, we're going to have a, a brewery tour where you'll visit a few breweries, local breweries, and you'll get to sample. Um, just Ron said, don't sample too much. You got to get back on the bus. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> and you'll also have do the crime, you do the time. That will be a dinner type thing where we have a spe two speakers. One's going to tell you about doing the crime and talk about crimes that happen in the Omaha area a lot during Prohibition. And then you're going to have a speaker from the Squirrel Jail. And the Squirrel Jail is unique, and that's all I'm going to say about it. If you want to hear about it, come and hear about it, because I promise you, it really shocked me to hear how it worked. I'd never seen anything or heard of anything like it. So you'll get to hear about the Squirrel Jail. Unfortunately, because of the makeup of the squirrel jail, we couldn't put together a tour to go there. But it is interesting to learn about. That dinner will be at the Spaghetti Works, which a lot of people love. So it not only be a good meal while you're there, and that'll be the last Friday night. Uh, we're going to do the Mormon Trail. And what might be interesting to a lot of you people from Illinois is y'all ran the Mormons out of Illinois. And this is just a little bit about it and a part that's dedicated to their journey out of the Illinois area to Utah. So anyway, a, a good part of it happened in Utah. I met in uh, Omaha, so they have the, the facility there that they have. Our Get Up and Get Moving campaign will take place on Thursday, I mean, Sunday night. 
and we're going to the pedestrian bridge that separates Nebraska from Iowa. And you'll be able to walk across that bridge. That's part of our Get Up and Get Moving program. It'll happen Sunday night. And we have you, for you adventurous people, which is not me, we have a zip line tour. Me either. You'll be, you'll be able to do rope climbing, zip lining, and uh, it should be in a safe environment. We're going to have volunteers. They're going to have volunteers. So, you know, everybody should feel comfortable that's into that kind of thing. I just uh, try to get keep away from anything that I can't control. <laughs> Except on the cruise in Reno when he almost let me go in the drink. <laughs> yeah, but that was you, Ray. I wasn't going, I wasn't going with you. That, <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> we are going to have, I'm glad Ray brought up that. We're going to have a dinner cruise on Wednesday night. Those are always popular. Monday night, we're going to a minor league ball game. And you'll have a buffet there that you'll have like hot dogs and hamburgers, that kind of thing. And you're going to get to stay around to see their 4th of July fireworks display. So that's always a lot of fun. Even when we don't have a major league team where we go where there's a minor league, they're always popular. So when you see this stuff, bear in mind, registration will open May 12th for members and May 19th for everybody. Tours generally go fast, so you might want to get in early. That's another reason to be a member. Do you have any more tours you want me to tell them about, Miss Trutt? Oh, I got lots more, but we don't have time. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we are running over time. But Janet will be coming out with more tour information, so be sure and stay tuned for all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, look forward to our talking book speaker this year. Uh, he was with us in 97, I think it was. But I cannot for the life of me, Janet didn't send me his name, and I can't remember who he, she told me. I don't either. But he's a good reader. I enjoy him. I, I remember that much because I remember our conversation. It's just name dropping is not my big thing. But anyway, I'm going to stop at this point, and I hope that I've given you something to think about. I hope there's not too many of you snoring out there. And I really enjoyed being with you. And Ray, I'll take any questions. Sure. And we have a couple minutes for some questions. Uh, just a couple things I would like to let you all know. And that is during exhibits, um, I will be signing people up for the monthly monetary support program. If you would like to join for the first time, or if you'd like to increase your contributions, you just need to know your credit card information or bank account information so that uh, we can get you signed up. If you're already uh, signed up, we just have to put in what you want to do as far as uh, increase your contribution or whatever, and uh, that we can take care of that. On your monthly monetary support, when they sign up, they'll automatically be entered into the drawings. We do, I think we're going to do two $25 a day drawings. And then at the end, we're going to have Two drawings, one will be for $200 and one will be $300. And these will be Amazon gift cards or a gift card you choose that can be purchased through Amazon. Thank you, David. And then the other thing I'll be signing people up for is our proud Prairie People Walk Team. And um, that's for the ACV Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk. You don't have to go to convention to walk. You can walk in your neighborhood, in your house, in your apartment, whatever you want to do. You can be a virtual walker or you can join us in Omaha and walk. It's $25 to enter the walk and then you go out and get uh, donations. And one of the cool things about the walk this year is it's going to take place on Saturday, July 2nd. So those of us in Omaha will actually 
walk and walk right into the opening session of the uh, conference and convention uh, in Omaha. So that's going to be really cool. We have uh, we have time for a couple of questions. So if anybody has a question. This is uh, Brian. All right. And my question is, you uh, mentioned the uh, video that would be available to purchase about the Boys Town. I wondered, is that is that the uh, audio described video? No, it's not. I don't know if anybody's ever audio described it or not. This was actually a video. I want to say, and and they'll correct me when you get there if I'm wrong, but I want to say this thing was actually the movie was done in the 1960s. Okay. Um, any other questions? One thing David mentioned, he said, talked about this year's national convention in Omaha. Does everybody remember where the 2023 national convention is? Schaumburg, Illinois. Woo! So once we get through Omaha, whichever one of us becomes president, Brian or myself, we're going to be looking for some of you to help plan that. So uh, definitely be looking out for that. Okay. Any other questions for David? Well, David, thank you so much for taking the time this morning to come and to speak to us. Uh, albeit virtually, we wish you were here in person so I'd give you more of a hard time. But no, no I'm only <laughs> kidding. David and I, we have a good time on the board. And um, the most important thing we do on the board is we get a lot done for ACB. And I know he works really hard. And David, thank you once again for, for taking the time to uh, be with us this morning. And uh, Rhonda, you too. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out and keeping him in line there. <laughs> So, <laughs> thank, right. you, thank you so much for having us, Ray. We really would have loved to have been in person two years ago when we talked about it. And for those of you who don't make it to Omaha, maybe you can come over in October when uh, we meet in Schomburg for the board meeting. If not, I look forward to seeing you in Schomburg. Yes, yes. Uh, you'll all get to meet him and many other fine ACB folks uh, in, in Schaumburg. By the way, if you want to put your, in your calendars, October, the weekend of October 22nd is when the board is going to be meeting in Schaumburg for the fall board meeting. So those who end up on the host committee, there will probably be a meeting for that as well as we did, as we did when we were trying to plan a convention in 2020 and then our little <laughs> friend COVID showed up. So anyway, I want to talk about voting. I know that uh, this has been a concern because voting this year in ICB is going to be a little different than what we've done in the past. And we're going to probably be haunted by the ghost of Camille Caffarelli for this, <laughs> but we will uh, press on. Voting, we had to do it a little differently this year because we're in hybrid. And we, of course, want every member, whether you're here virtually or in person, to be able to participate. The other thing that was the convention committee was talking about this and trying to figure out how we were going to do voting. We needed to make sure that we had people that could actually count all of the votes that they're cast. Um, we've been fortunate. We've had people that are able to read Braille in the past that be able to do that. So here's how voting is going to work this year. So when we have a voice vote on any issue that comes before the convention during the business meeting tomorrow, so on resolutions or anything like that, we'll, say, we'll ask for all those in favor to say aye, as you normally do, and we'll ask for anyone on Zoom to raise your hand. And the Zoom host will count the hands on Zoom and we'll get the uh, take of the, the voters here in the hall and we'll combine that together. And then we'll, and then we'll lower the hands on Zoom and we'll ask for all opposed like we normally do. And those opposed will say no here and on Zoom, you'll raise your hand so that, uh, and then we'll have uh, a count. It's a little crazy because 
what we're doing is we're trying to combine a where you can get an exact count from Zoom versus where you can get kind of a non-exact count here in the hall. But generally speaking, we have a small enough group that you can tell when there's a majority. So that's how voice votes will work. So we'll need to make sure that uh, when I call for the, for the question on an issue, uh, that's how I'll be doing it. The election vote is going to be a little more complicated <laughs> because we can't really truly do a secret ballot on Zoom because you could see who has their hands up, but it's probably the best we can do. And that's what a lot of affiliates have been doing, even for elections. What we're going to do, so on elections, so those of you in the hall, you will get a ballot. And once you get your ballot, instead of writing out in braille or large print how you're going to want to vote, you're going to be instructed, um, let's take the first election tomorrow. What we're going to do is uh, the two candidates nominated in order are myself, Ray Campbell, and Brian Duffelmeyer for president. So what you'll do is if you want to vote for me, you'll tear off one corner. If you want to vote for Brian, you'll tear off two corners. Don't worry about dropping the little pieces of paper. Vacuum cleaner will pick that up very nicely. That's what you'll do for in person. On Zoom, you're going to raise your hand for each candidate. And uh, our host will count that. You can see if you're on Zoom who raises their hand. So what we would ask you to do is turn off your participant panel. Make sure you hit Alt-U and it's collapsed so you can't see that. Uh, the other thing you might want to do is Alt-Windows S to turn off the alerts so you don't hear. As people raise their hands, you'll just hear participants raising their hands. You won't know who. So what you'll do is you'll raise your hand to vote. So we'll have to call it on each. So when the while the folks here in the hall are doing their vote, we'll ask for individual votes on Zoom for each candidate. And you'll raise your hand to indicate, and we'll take those counts. For delegate votes, we're going to do the roll call the same way we always do. And looks like all of our delegates are here. So we don't have anybody virtually this year, I don't believe. Affiliates, you're going to have to figure out a way to get votes from your in-person attendees and your virtual attendees. So I leave that to you to figure out how to do it. We did put a suggestion that maybe one of your delegates... Um, and in Chicago, of course, is our biggest affiliate. So I'm sure you guys have talked it over and worked it out how you're going to handle that. But just make sure you have a way to get virtual votes. So let me run over the election stuff one more time because that's a little bit different. So what you're going to do is you're going to tear, you're going to get a ballot like you normally do, and you're going to tear off corners. So here in the hall. So for the first candidate, you'll tear one corner if you want to vote for the second candidate. Two corners. If we have a third candidate, it would be three and so on. Now, if we get more than four, we've got a little problem, but I don't think that'll happen. And so then while on Zoom, you'll raise your hand. So the individual vote will be going on in the hall and then we'll, we'll take the Zoom vote. And then once we collect the ballots, we'll take the roll call of affiliates like we normally do. Karen will read that off and uh, you will cast your votes accordingly, however you're going to do it. Does anybody have any questions on that? Okay, we'll go over this again before the end of the day and um, perhaps tomorrow morning. Yeah. Ray, I do have a comment for, you know, future elections. In the past, Blind Pride International has used Google Forms uh -huh. to do early ballots. 
And so, yes, one person will know who voted for who because they have to look at the spreadsheet to count the votes. You know, it might be better than everyone knowing who voted for who. Yeah, we're going to look at some other things. We didn't get a chance to codify some stuff in the Constitution this year. We want to definitely do that. I mean, we are allowed to do electronic votes through Illinois nonprofit law, so we're good there. We just got to really sit down and codify what we want to do in the future. That's a nice option. National uses uh, something called Vote Now. That would probably be a little expensive, but definitely uh, Google Forms is certainly a possibility uh, uh, for that. We don't really have the provision to do early ballots here, so uh, we'll have to we'll have to look at. This is definitely one of the things that I certainly will be working to uh, take a look at, and I'm sure Brian will as well, whichever one of us is successful as president, will certainly uh, be taking a look at. Okay, we'll go over this again, if we can, before the end of today, definitely tomorrow morning before elections, so that everybody has, and thank you to ACB for getting us a stock of paper ballots that we can use. They had a whole stock of the uh, little cards that they're not using anymore because everybody's going to uh, vote the same way at national uh, for their individual vote. You're going to use the electronic uh, vote now system. It is now 10.04, so we're just a couple minutes late, and we will reconvene at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Got a lot of uh, good programming for you this afternoon, so please plan to uh, come back. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our Zoom crew this morning. We'll see you back here at 1 o'clock.